But we are glad that you guys are with us right now. I'd love to bring up Josh and B, and would you give them a hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ready? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for codependency. My name is Beatrice. My name, my name is Josh. I'm recovered from sexual addiction, and I'm an adult child of, of dysfunctional families. Hello, Josh. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm excited to kind of... Uh, have, have the stage, so to speak, with my wife. Uh, we're able, she provides a lot of wisdom for me in my life, and so I'm really excited to, to be able to uh, talk about this thing called recovery. And I, I put that question mark, what is that? Because probably for the first seven or eight years, I'm like, what is recovery? Uh, <laughs> like, everyone keeps saying, work your recovery. And every time I'd go to the open chair groups, they'd say, it works if you work it, so work it because you're worth it. I hated that chant. <laughs> I absolutely hated that chant uh, for many years. Didn't understand it, uh, didn't fully get it, uh, but at the same time, it was, um, I'm learning. And the cool thing is, is we're not, we're not gonna be up here pretending we got it all together. Uh, at times we struggle as a couple, and so there's nothing special with us. And so we hope, we humbly hope to be able to share recovery and kind of what it is, um, hopefully. So we'll see. Just for the record, I like the chant. So we're kind of even in that. It's growing, it's growing. It's growing. So, but before we dive into uh, what is recovery, we thought we'd spend a little bit of time um, just talking about what recovery isn't, or maybe some of the misconceptions that we might have or some people come into recovery with. So we have four of them. Um, we're gonna put them up there, the first one, and no, they didn't all come from me, although a couple of them did. So if you have a loved one, or if a friend of yours, or if you're in recovery, here's misconception number one. They will be fixed, finally, after a meeting, or at the most, a step study, right? Is that gonna happen? Are they gonna be fixed? Yeah, it, it, it might take a couple step studies uh, for, for anything to sink in. No, um, I, am I fixed? That's a trick question. Yeah, yeah, they're not even close, you know, fixed. You know, a lot of times we come in with those misconceptions, right? If I go to recovery, if I go to one meeting, if I go to a step study, then all of a sudden I'm going to be a professional at this whole recovery thing and I'm good. The fact of the matter is, the longer we're around here, is that we are still on that journey no matter how long it's been because we're not fully recovered till we're with Jesus. Uh, so, yeah. Um, okay. So recovery is a process. And so give yourself some grace. Um, give your spouse some grace. And so I know the challenges and the difficulties that come with that because you want to just, you just get it. And the fact of the matter is, sometimes we have to wait on God's timing and we don't like it. I don't, I, I don't like waiting on God's timing. I want my wife to see her part so we can move on. Which brings us to the next one. Now that they are sober, oh wait, this is mine, oh, not mine. Now that they are sober, they will have more time for me. That's the next misconception, I guess. I don't know if that should be a misconception. Go ahead. Yeah, so. Explain that one. So, uh, you know, for some person that's just coming into recovery, 
Um, a lot of times, they're going to have to dedicate some time to extra meetings. They're going to have to dedicate some time to building relationships. They're going to have to take some time to... A lot of us, especially myself, we were so focused on isolating ourselves on an island. And what we're learning in recovery is we don't recover on an island. And so we have to invite others. Uh, for me, it's for the guys. And for my wife, it's the ladies. We got to invite people into our lives. And so, um, yeah. And perhaps in time, I'm getting feedback. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, perhaps in time, we can get more balance with that. But be patient. As I, we're, I'm going to keep saying patient because recovery is a patient process. So, all right. And then our last, um, no, the next one is now. Oh, this is a good one. Now that he or she, whoever it is, or you are in recovery, we can trust everything that they say always. <laughs> yes. It's what you do, right? Yeah. No. Yes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> You know, they may, grow in, they may grow in time. You may learn to trust maybe a little bit more along the way. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we, we are probably still stuck in a little bit of the habits that we have from time to time. And so give them some grace and be careful with that unrealistic, unrealistic expectation that, that we can have and we can put on our spouse or we can put on our loved ones or we can put on our kids and just our friends and coworkers and so forth. So uh, you, you, the... The highlight I want to make here, we are wanting them to be trustworthy. Let me, let, let me say this plainly and clearly. You want to start trusting them? Get yourself a sponsor and get into recovery. Because you might not get there in a while and you might need some people along the way to help you out. Get in a meeting. Don't do life alone. And so hopefully you get that message today. And then the fourth misconception about recovery, and this one's, um, <laughs> we just thought we'd do one with a spouse since we are a couple. Um, if my spouse is in recovery, they will own up to their stuff and make amends promptly, always. Yes. Right? Always. Yes. Every time. She's speaking what I do every time, right? <laughs> we said misconceptions. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All the brothers that know me and know my life know that I deeply struggle with this one. I, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times, uh, this is one of my biggest struggles to this day. In fact, you know, oftentimes I am complaining to my sponsor and I'm complaining, complaining, look how bad I have it. I'm a victim and all this stuff. And my sponsor kind of has to slap me beside the head and, um, you need to start owning your part. Stop playing the victim. That's not going to help. Stop blaming. And he's probably watching right now. He knows how jacked up I truly am. Uh, and so, um, you know, in time, this may grow, right? Amends may come. That desired amends that you want may come. But like I said, get yourself in recovery as well. And so you have to be able to deal with that hurt of feeling like they're not owning their stuff as well. And so, which is why I firmly believe, and I'll, I'll keep saying it, I believe everyone can benefit from recovery. Amen. It doesn't matter who you are or your background or what you, you're in, recovery is for everyone. So, mm -hmm. so recovery is, can be confusing. And so let's, let's attempt to unpack this a little bit. We're gonna cover three different sections 
uh, today. We're going to attempt to cover. The first one is what is recovery? Who needs recovery? And what can recovery do for your life? And so we hope that this is, if, if you're not in recovery, we hope that this is your first step in that journey of recovery. And as a first timer here, please don't run away. We, this room's filled with broken individuals that don't have it all together. We don't as well. And uh, just walk along with us. And we want to keep inviting you to here on a Tuesday night. So what is recovery? Let's, talk, let's start with the definition here in this section. The, ac- the action or process of regaining something stolen or lost. The action or process of regaining something stolen or lost. And so the action or process is what we're trying to apply when we're talking about the 12 steps, when we're talking about going to open share groups, when we're talking about, you know, doing life together with other people going through this process, regaining something stolen or lost. In fact, in your open share groups today, this is your question. What is something that uh, has been lost that you're seeking to recover? Okay. So be thinking of that, right? And being able to share your experience, strength, and hope in your open share group. What is something you lost uh, that you're seeking to recover from there? Um, so for me, I've lost many different things. I've lost sobriety and the trust of those around me. I've, I've lost peace in my life because I'm stuck in a crazy thinking cycle. I've lost joy because all I can see is negativity. I've lost sanity. I've lost loved ones, relationships, my respect, dignity. I've lost so many things along the way because I messed my life up. Mm-hmm. How about yourself? Well, Definitely. Um, I came into recovery um, dragging my boyfriend at the time who was an addict. Um, he was a meth addict, and I just believed that if he got sober, that if he let go of those drugs, then our lives would be okay. Um, so I came in here looking like I was a woman with a mission to help. But the truth is that I was actually a woman that was miserable, I was desperate, and the way I was living was not working anymore. My rage, my anger, my self-righteousness had torn my first marriage and my family apart. I had lost my family, my self-respect, my dignity, my dreams as a mom, my self-worth, my faith. When I came through those doors, my wounds were big and they were getting bigger by the minute. Yeah, thank you. Um, You know, somewhere along the way, we convinced ourselves Time heals all wounds. We, we, we told ourselves that somehow, if I just forget this for a period of time, that somehow I'm going to get over it. And the fact of the matter is, it's still lingering there. And when that situation pops up again, we're ready to fight and we're ready to go at it. And we're, we're ready to, uh, you know, attack the situation. Time only extends that pain. Time only extends it. In fact, unresolved conflict, I, I, I'd be bold to say from my life, unresolved conflict with my loved ones is my greatest hurdle. Because my journey, and my, my wife shared a little bit of hers, my journey is we did not know how to deal with conflict growing up. Conflict was anger, lashing out, pretending everything's okay, a hole in the wall every now and then, those types of things. So Conflict for me, in my head, all bad. 
Not true, but in my head, that's what I convinced myself. So unresolved conflict will fester and will keep us stuck in those areas that need recovery, right? They need, they need to be, have some healing needs to happen there. And so we want to practice those 12 steps in yes. there. So Amen. yeah, celebrate recovery. Um, let me, let's go to our, our verse for the day, or, or one of them. Uh, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Key word is he heals, key two words. See here at Celebrate Recovery, we believe Jesus Christ is the healer. We believe he does the miracles that we desperately seek. We, we've lost something, we're trying to regain it. And Jesus is the one that heals the brokenhearted. See that miracle, we, if you don't even feel it, it's okay, just keep, just keep trusting, just keep trusting. God may reveal it. God may reveal it. So here at Celebrate Recovery, Jesus Christ the Healer, we're a 12-step program based on the biblical principles. Simple to understand, not easy to apply. If we, for those of us that ever been through a 12-step study, you can read it, and we actually, you know, Mitch and Sydney, they read it. Oh, that, you know, that makes sense, and yeah, forgive, and yeah, uh, make amends, and, and yeah, confess. Yeah, all those things are great, but... Not easy to apply with a, res- with a person I have an extreme resentment towards. How do I work my recovery then? Well, if I do it my old way and do it alone, I'm in deep trouble. But if I learn to practice some new tools, whether it's through the 12 steps, whether it's through bringing other guys in my life, maybe some other ladies in, in your life, it will help. So simple to understand, not easy to apply. We desire sobriety. We, we desire healing. We desire a new way of thinking. We need to apply the 12 steps that we learn in here and not run away. I'm urging you, don't run away from something that can provide healing for, for your hurts that, have been, that haven't been dealt with. So reread the, the 12 steps every Tuesday night. We read the 12 steps. We talk about them during our teachings. We even have a year-long step studies dedicated to 12 steps. So we, we hold the 12 steps in a high priority around here. And they work because you work it, because you work it, where's you worth it? You know, whatever that song, yeah, yeah. So. Maybe you don't like it because you don't know it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Maybe we get it. We'll, pra- we'll practice, we'll practice. We'll practice at home. We'll, we'll have to practice. <laughs> so. Um, okay, so that sounds great. So is that it? Show up Tuesday nights, come here, go not, to the meeting, and that's it. That's yeah. going to solve our problems? No, not quite, right? Tuesday nights is an essential part of our journey, right? We, I, I think we come into recovery thinking that that's just going to settle our problems, right? You know, we come into recovery thinking, I'm just going to go to that Tuesday thing, that thing they call celebrate recovery. I'm just going to show up, and then somehow they're going to fix me. Somehow they're going to do it for me. Sometimes they're going to speak the 12 steps so that I magically know it in here. But I have to learn how to practice that. I've got to learn how to practice 12 steps. I've got to use the tools that I learn. So Tuesday nights are essential for our journey. But let's keep it simple. Let's unpack four things that we're going to look at so we can practice our recovery journey. So the very first one is go to meetings. Right? So what is recovery? Go to meetings right? We, we might not even know what recovery is, but let's just keep going to meetings, right? Whether it's, um, 
you know, our own way of thinking brought us here, didn't it? We did not come in here going, I'm doing fantastic. You know, every, every relationship I have is great. No, usually we are a wreck and we're at wit's end, not knowing what to do. And so um, our way of thinking got us, got us in here, yet we convince ourselves that we have mastered recovery and we don't need it anymore. I mean, for those of us that have been here around for so long, how many times do we have people come to recovery and then they're taken off? And it's like, ah, oh. by the way, we want you back. You know, <laughs> please, please, no guilt, no shame. We want people back because we know and we've experienced that recovery works when we practice it. When we practice it. Not when we think we're practicing it. Um, so um, will we be tempted to go back to our own way of thinking? Absolutely. Keep coming back. So go to meetings, open chair groups, step studies. And we partner, we team with secular recovery meetings, AA, NA, SA, Al-Anon. This is not a competition of, hey, you gotta make sure you go to Tuesday night, celebrate recovery. This is a partner, so to speak, that we go to meetings, whether it's Celebrate Recovery or it's other meetings on Zoom or outside in our community. Mm. So. Yeah. The next thing, the second thing for a full recovery program, which is kind of what we're hoping that you'll um, take from tonight, is get a sponsor. And like Josh was saying, you know, remember your own way of thinking is what brought you here. Um, in recovery, we often say we don't really have a drinking or an addiction problem. We have a thinking problem. Any addiction, any behavior always starts with the mind. And so what a beautiful gift to be in a program where we can invite someone who's gone ahead of you and worked these steps or at least is ahead of you in some of these steps. And they can guide you and maybe they can help you think through those difficult times. Maybe they can give you new perspective. Maybe they can share their experience, strength, and hope. When I think of my sponsor, before I had a sponsor, I often think of that scripture. I was the kind of woman that went from one bad relationship to another. I would leave and I would say, I'm done, I'm out of here. And then I'd leave and in two weeks I was back. And I just could not stay out. And so I often think of that scripture, as a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats its folly, and that was me. And I know it was super essential for me when I was getting ready to go back to a dysfunctional place to call my sponsor and hear her experience, hear her tell me, you don't have to live that way anymore. So our encouragement is get a sponsor. If you have a sponsor, use them, call them, listen to them. Take their advice. I can't think of one time that my sponsor gave me her wisdom, gave me her advice, her suggestion, and that I did it, and that it went worse than what I would have done. If worst case scenario, it was a break even, it was never worse. So get a sponsor, use them. The third one is work the steps. So, yeah, yeah, working because you're working. That's your favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite line. That's your favorite. <laughs> Work the steps. And so with working the steps, how many times have we just thrown it out there, I'm working the steps, and we're not working the steps? 
<laughs> you, no, you don't have to raise your hand, but you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> We're kind of all guilty of that one. Like, I'm working it, you know, but, but I'm not working it. I'm filled with un- resentment and jealousy and frustration and unforgiveness, but yet I'm working the steps. Or missed the point of working the steps. We understand hurt, we understand pain, but it must be dealt with. And it, we must process through it. So go to meetings, get a sponsor, work the steps. So uh, a couple things up here. Uh, as we look at the steps, I love the steps and the way it's kind of laid out for us. The, the very first one, steps one through three, that aspect of surrendering to God because we want to control everything, right? Step four, the, the self-examination. Go ahead and go back there. There you go. Self-examination and confession and getting to my part, which is the most golden part in uh, the um, inventory. What's, what's funny is um, my wife and I, we had a situation that came up uh, last night. Our son, um, he's eight years old. His name is Zeke. And we were playing indoor soccer in the house with dad. We were having a good old time. Even they know it's not going to end up good. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh. <laughs> and um, I... I don't know how to play halfway. I just, we play. And, and so we were playing and all of a sudden, you know, my, my son, I'm wearing shoes and my son's not wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know where this is going. He ends up kicking the back of my foot, you know, trying to get the ball. And what ends up happening is his pinky toe is a little bit this way. We didn't even know at the time. Uh, you know, I just went, oh, I thought I stepped in his foot. You're okay? All right, we're good. And then, um, you know, typical dad, right? You know, just, just we end up going to the garage. We're, we're practicing a little bit of what we're doing tonight. And our boy comes in. I'm really hurting. We end up having to take him to the emergency room last night. Uh, displacement <laughs> fracture or whatever it is. And, but when it happened, when he came in, She can speak to it. I lost it. I threw, you know, I don't want to see my son hurt. But to add to the hurt, and by the way, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. To add to the hurt, this is, I'm not, you know, just being real. Because working the steps is on a daily basis. This isn't like, I go through a step study, that's the only time I work the steps, and then I'm gone. No, I work the steps daily. Every, I got hurt, I got to work the steps. He has, for those of you that know me, I love sports. I love watching my kids play sports. He has a, a soccer tournament, tourney championship this weekend, and he has baseball starting next week. And I had to work my inventory. And it's funny because it's right here. (laughs) I discovered quite a few different things. I think my wife initially 
thought I was crying and sad just for my son. But the fact of the matter is, the more I worked my inventory, my frustration was a little bit misplaced because now I don't get to see my boy play. Now, I don't get to experience that. Oh, I hate to say that out loud, but oh well. I got to work my program. I got to see my part in this situation. You know? Um, he's he's going to be fine. He's eight years old. He's, he's, he'll, be, he'll be all right. But it's just a bummer. You know? He'll be okay. So, uh, this idea of working the steps, please, it includes all these things. Work of the steps is not just a step study thing. I want to make that clear. But that it is something that you can take with you daily. And sometimes you've got to go all the way back to step one because we're stuck at having this expectation that my spouse didn't meet this, my kid didn't meet this, my boss didn't meet this, and I'm stuck trying to control the mess, right? And I have to go back to realize I'm not God. I can't change them. And I got to surrender my will. And I got to work an inventory. And I got to discover my part. I got to heal from this. Otherwise, I'm going to stay stuck here. And, and what's cool about an inventory is God's showing something within me that's, you know, that I get to confess to him and my sponsor, which is kind of cool. So it's worth it. Work the steps on, on the daily. Yeah, because you're worth it. <laughs> And the next, the next part and the, the fourth part of working a recovery program is um, the aspect of giving back. And some ways we can give back is to be a sponsor, join one of our serving teams here. We have a great greeting team. We have a bookstore. We have Cafe Historia. We have setup, cleanup, facilitators. There's so much that happens here on any given Tuesday night. We have a prayer team. Um, and um, giving back is a really neat thing. You know, when I came into recovery, I really was so desperate. One of the analogies I think about um, that recovery is for me and has been for me, and I hope that it's for you, is, um, you know, a few years ago, my family had the unfortunate um, experience of having our 20, my 22-year-old young, um, full-of-life nephew um, who was in addiction, go through a tragic accident. And he ended up having severe brain trauma and ended up in the ICU. Um, if you've ever been in that situation, my heart hurts for you. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Um, but one of the things that I noticed is um, the way the nurses helped my nephew get through that. The doctor said, we don't think he's gonna make it, but he's pretty young, so we're gonna try everything we can to get him out of this the nurses came in, they supplied him with oxygen, they put a feeding tube in him, they supplied him with IV. Um, they eventually put him in a induced coma. They um, actually, he had um, brain swelling, so they literally, the, if you're in the healthcare, you guys are amazing. They literally removed a piece of his skull to let his brain swell up and then come down. That's amazing. And everything that they did, they told us, he has one severe injury and it's in the brain. And we're gonna make sure that his body does not have to do any extra work because we want every ounce of energy 
to go into the brain because if that doesn't make it, if that doesn't heal, nothing else will matter. And when I come into the rooms of recovery and when I came in, I think about that. That was me. I was a critical patient. My life was falling apart. And I came into a place where they really removed a lot of the extra things. I didn't have to worry about my last name. I didn't have to worry about my social status. I didn't have to worry about my history. There was anonymity here. I didn't have to worry if I was in the right place because when I came in through the doors, there were greeters that said, you're in the right place. I'm glad you're here. You know, they put a program with the map so I can get to group. And all of that is so that I can focus on what I'm here for, which is the healing of my mind, of my spirit, to get some sobriety, to work the steps. And so it's really a wonderful thing to be able to take a few minutes in the day to focus on the recovery of somebody else. It'll do miracles for you. If, you have, if you're not doing that, I encourage you, get involved somehow. And it doesn't have to take a lot of time. Many of us are giving back just by going to group and sharing. If you're sharing in group, you're giving back. Because I remember when that hour was so crucial for me. So give back. We'd love to have you serve in any of those teams as well. We're going to have to fly by on these next two things, and, and we kind of have it planned that way. But let's go ahead and go to the next one. Who needs recovery? And so um, I, already, I already kind of gave it away. Who needs it? You know? <laughs> uh, but um, I like this statistic. It's only one in three people at CR here for drug or alcohol addictions. You on that list? I'm on there like... 15, I don't know, (laughs) 10 times, right? You got an area there? Maybe need recovery. So go to meetings, get a sponsor, work the steps, give back. See what God does with it. Remember, it is not you or I that will be that miracle worker. It is the Holy Spirit within each one of us that will. Okay. Um, Isaiah 118, let's have this come true. See, we've, we've, we know this verse, we've read this verse, we've, we've said it, we've, we've read it many times. Here we go, Isaiah 118, come, let's talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you are stained as red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. How many years have we walked in knowing that intelligently, but not believing it? Right? We know that to be true, but we're sure not acting like it's true. Why? Because we have a lot of this resentment buildup. We have a lot of this hurt going on. We have this unresolved conflict and whatever it is for you, going back to the issues that we have, this is a passion of mine. <laughs> like, who needs recovery? We all do. Because there's an er- at least one area that can be worked on and we can recover from because we've lost it. So... So the last section of our talk today is what can recovery do for you? There are many wonderful things that can happen when you start applying these steps. 
Uh, the section itself could really take up a whole hour for us to talk about. All you have to do is walk through the doors on any given night when somebody's sharing their testimony, and you get to see and hear the miracles and the lives that are being changed. But today we thought we would end with um, sharing and reading some of the um, classic promises of recovery that are found in the Blue Book of AA. Many of us are familiar with these promises, and we hold them dear to our hearts because we, they've either become true in our lives, we've seen them in others, or we long to have them as we move through these steps. So promise number one, we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. Promise number two, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Number three, we will comprehend the word serenity. Number four, we will know peace. Number five, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. Number six, the feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. Number seven, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Number eight, self-seeking will slip away. Number nine, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Number 10, fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. 11, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Promise number 12, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Recovery. God is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. I understand some of these promises feel so far away. They seem impossible. But I think deep down you know that there's a God that loves you and wants to provide that for you. but let's work on it a little bit, right? Let's do a little bit of unpacking. For my recovery family in here, I'm gonna end with this. And feel free to participate if you know. Nice and loud. <laughs> are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God bless you all. Go ahead and join us in sharing the serenity prayer. Uh, Before we say the serenity prayer, first time guests, um, if you're here for the first time, we'd love to say hi to you and meet you. And and Sean and Michelle will be right, right across the hallway here. We'd love to have you. So feel free to go through those doors and you'll meet Sean and Michelle. And uh, Matt and Nicole will be right up here. To, if you're a second time guest and you don't know where to go for an open share group, right? What is recovery? Go to meetings. <laughs> That's part of our journey. And so if you don't know where to go, Matt and Nicole will we'll, we'll tell you, we'll, we'll help you along the way. All right. God, God grant, grant me the serenity, serenity to accept the things I cannot change, a courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, 
trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Don't run away. Go to group.